0: Praise the Lord everyone. I'm excited to be here tonight. It was a wonderful, beautiful day today. It was a little chilly, but the sun was shining. God give us a wonderful day. Um, I'm kind of a guy that I like to get right to the point, so I get all excited, and I want to get right there, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn to take my time and develop things and come up with good points and... When I did this lesson, I'm kind of ringing a little bit. Um, I I have lots of thoughts in between things I wrote down. And most of the time when I get up here, like everybody that tries to speak, you forget about all those thoughts. You just got to stay to your notes. So I'll do that now. I'll try to throw some thoughts in there as I go and try to make this understandable. You know, first of all, I just want to testify. My wife is, is doing uh, quite well. She's recovering. I thank God that he give somebody the wisdom and knowledge and understanding to how to fix our bodies when you go in and have a surgery and things like that. Ultimately, God's in control. He's the one that makes the healing happen. But, you know, God has given man knowledge of things and how to do things and medicines and all that. And I just want to thank and give Him praise for that. And what I want to talk about, one of the things I want to say and I want to start out is the Lord has the whole world in His hands. I remember growing up as a small child, we used to sing that song. He's got the whole world in His hands. I would sing it, but I can't sing. And I'll go and I'll talk about that later. um, He's got you and me, brother, and you and me, sister. He's got the... Little bitty children, he's got everybody in his hands. So I, I, I just want to, you know, have that the hands are important. And I and I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. He's the Alpha and He's the Omega, as Pastor said a couple of weeks ago. He's the beginning and the end. He's what started everything. And I know when I teach a lot of times I, I work out of Genesis and a lot of times I work in Revelation. And both are important. And it's important, you know, like on your tombstone, it will have the day you were born and the last day you lived. And that. and, and I've had many t- preachers throughout the year talk about the dash. The dash is what the important part is, what you've done between those dates. But it's very important the day that you came here. It was very important that God made us, he made everything. And I, I want to kind of stress that a little bit in the beginning to where this lesson will uh, hopefully make sense. And like I say, I'll start in Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God created it us Jesus our God Jesus was a carpenter by trade he worked with his hands he built and things like that it, it, it's part of his he built our earth he built our universe he built all the planets he, he made all of that he took the dust and made us and in and Isaiah talks about but now O Lord thou art our father We are the clay, and thou the potter. And we all are the work of thy hand. So I go back to the hand. The hand's important. He, when he built us, he had things that he wanted us to do. He had a plan for us. It just wouldn't happen so. We didn't evolve into things. He had a distinct plan from the beginning. And, What we need to do is follow the footsteps of Jesus and what He would do. So, basically, what my lesson's about is working hands. What we need to do for the kingdom of God to follow what He laid out for us in the beginning. Okay? What are you doing for the Lord? And... These are questions. You don't have to answer that out loud. But you can kind of think to yourself, what am I doing for the Lord? You may think that you have no skills. And and I'll go a little bit deeper into this in a minute. But The devil beats us up and then lies to us every day. We wake up with his lies. He immediately starts with thoughts of, I'm too tired. Who's not tired? Even this evening. Who's not tired? You know, some of the young men, they might say, well, I just took a nap before church. I'm good to go. I can stay at 3 o'clock playing PlayStation. (laughs) Some of us older people are like, man, I can't wait to hit sack. (laughs) But that's the way it is. But he says, you're too tired. Nobody's going to care anyway. Somebody else can do it better. The devil tells us that a lot. If you think that nobody else can do it, a different problem. That's another lesson for the pastor. <laughs> okay? But uh, why try? Nobody will even notice. The, the devil is there all the time feeding us. When you get up in the morning or when you come to church, you can get discouraged. By what the devil puts in your mind that you're a nobody, you're nothing. You can't do it. What you do is not going to make a difference anyway. Has anybody ever felt that way? I mean, we could probably all raise our hands to that, and I could probably raise my two or three hands for that (laughs) because I I felt that way for a long time. If the devil talks to you like that, to me, that is proof that you do have the skills needed. When the devil is promoting his lies to you, he knows that you can make a difference. Can I say that again? It's proof that the devil's talking to you like that, that you're a nobody and you can't do it and everything else. All those negative thoughts that you have in your mind is because the devil is promoting that to you because he knows... You could be a difference maker. And just always remember that. When you have those down and outs, know that the devil is working on you. That's not God telling you you can't do it. That's the devil telling you you can't. And he's afraid that you're going to make a difference in somebody else's life. Let's dig into that a little bit. I started as a young child just as you did. As a boy, I was never blessed with any talents. I didn't feel I was. I started wearing glasses when I was six years old. I know a couple of young men here. I know one of the stock boys. You know, he's a little smaller than the other two. And God puts makes everybody special for a reason. And not that I'm saying yeah, he's special. He is. But not in that way. <laughs> Let me backpedal a little bit. I, I'm just saying that you know, some of us, we're not blessed with good sighting. I I, I never had good eyes. I I was like six years old when I started wearing glasses. And I struggled in school bad. I mean, some of you probably wouldn't even know. I mean, I I was given, when I was in high school, D minuses to get me onto the next grade. And the teachers say, I know you can do better than this. I was horrible in school. I mean, when I say horrible, I was bad. 100 kids in my class, and I was down at the bottom, you know. I wasn't an achiever. Some of it was up here. Some of it was I let the devil talk to me and tell me I couldn't do it. I had a little ADD going on. I still have that today, you know. I, 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 it's hard for me to focus sometimes, more than one thing at a time. I'm, I'm telling you because I'm a real person, I feel, that I struggle. And, I, and if somebody else struggles with that... I want to let you know that I struggle with that. I had a couple of friends growing up, but I was never popular in school or anywhere else. I thought that was just me. I tried lots of things. Um, I was never really good at anything that that I thought I could try. Um, When I played ball, uh, I I was usually picked last. I was a little squirt, I was skinny. You know, had glasses on, black hair. People were like, oh, you he, he don't even know how to play. You know, end up being in the Marines. You know, and uh, I did quite well. 300 PFT, tier, and, you know, some people know what that is. And run a six-minute mile. And was pretty athletic. Things that I didn't know I really had buried inside of me. When I went to church, I let some of the kids get to me. I, I became offended easy. I looked at sports, but being the younger at church, my church friends sometimes weren't as nice to me. So I, I wasn't real fast or strong. A lot of times I got picked last. Well, that kind of gets to you when you're the last one there on a the baseball team. There's nine players, and there's, you know, you and maybe some girl over there on the other uh, team that's about five years younger than you, and you're over there on this team, and they're like, hmm, which one do we want? That girl or toy, yeah. That kind of gets to you. That plays a little bit of head games with you. That kind of thinking, though, held me back. My my mom ministered. My dad was a cop for many years. I had a lot of things to look, but I I just couldn't get it. it. But that was just me. I struggled. I often thought, I can't play drums as good as the other kids. You know, I tried the piano. I tried to sing. And I found early on that's not my path to be a singer. No matter how hard I wish I could sing, I am not a singer. I sing to the Lord, and I have faith, and He knows my heart. But I I can't sing. I know probably the last time I, I sung it in church, my mom was evangelizing, and I was probably about 14 years old. And she just, Troy, you got to sing with me, Troy, sing with me. And I got up there in front of the church. I imagine being a teenager and can't sing. I mean, I can't hold a tune, and I can't, I'm really bad. And sung with my mom. I sung for the Lord. But you know what? Inside of me, it was tearing me apart. I mean, people with pencils hanging out of their ears and cigarette butts and fingers and <laughs> not really. But I could picture everybody out there trying to hold their ears so they didn't have to hear me. I mean, I'm that bad. But we sung Jesus is Coming Soon. I'll I'll never forget it. And uh, I stand on the side, and we sung for the Lord. And I sit down, probably red-faced and everything else. It's like, Mom, I cannot do that. I can't do that. People, and she goes, nobody said anything. Everybody said, I'm like, I know, but you know that phrase, bless his little heart? I said, all those elderly ladies out there, that's what they were thinking about me. Bless his little heart. Maybe someday. (laughs) It's funny, but that was me. That's where that phrase came from. About 50 years ago. I don't know for sure, but I could probably do a timeline on that and then say, yeah, that's probably where that came from. So where do we go from here? Well, there's about a million things to do for the Lord. To start with supporting the church. So what I hope to accomplish is those of you that want to work for the Lord, how do I get there? You know, I I know Brother Richie, he said, oh, Brother Ben, you know, I I appreciate you and I like when you talk and it, it makes sense to me, blah, 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 you know, and that's great. But how did I get here? By being that kid with ADD that can't sing. I feel like I did okay in life. I, I, You know, I'm I'm no rock star or anything, and I'm glad I'm not because I don't want to be that. I want to be where I'm at right now. I'm comfortable with who I am right now. I'm happy where the God has put me right now. I'm happy with the church that I'm in. I'm happy with all of you. and I'm, And I'm grateful for that. And I worked hard for that. But what, what do we need to do if, if you want to get along, if someday you want to be the pastor or someday you want to do something else and a higher calling for God? First of all, you've got to have a mindset, I want to achieve that and I can achieve that. you got to have the overcoming understanding that it's just the devil that holds you back and not God. So this is how, and i got it kind of stepped out here, how you get there. It's kind of a path for us to get there. It's a simple smile and a handshake. When people come here or out in public. Being a witness for God. Telling other people about, hey, why are you so happy today? Because I have a church I attend to. Just open the door. People, people a lot of times will ask you, why are you smiling? What's what are you so happy about? You hit the lottery? That's the first thing they'll say. It's like, no. I'm a child of God, and I have a church that I attend, and people love me there. And they're like, wow, that means a lot in the eyes of the Lord, just to tell somebody and give a witness. And and pastor said this the other day, be a witness and develop the personality of our church. When people come here, guests come in, get up there and shake their hand, pat them on the back. Just shaking their hand. They're just overwhelmed. It's like, shake your hands, shake your hand. I've visited church before, and nobody shook my hand. And there were sometimes hundreds of people. And I'm like, I went in and out there, and nobody shook my hand. Nobody said, praise the Lord. Now, whether maybe they didn't know that I attended, that they didn't know that I didn't attend there or not. I don't know that I was a guest, and I'd never been there before. I don't know. Sometimes in big churches, that happens to they Oh, well, I don't come half this time myself. I don't know if they're new or not. <laughs> so, that happens. Don't be offended by that. Just use that as a learning curve for you to say, hey, when somebody comes here, I'm going to shake their hand. You never know. Someday that person may be your best friend. Best friend forever. You don't know. And you think that you let them walk out the door and didn't shake their hand? That's very important. So the next step, a little more in-depth things, could be doing work days. Cleaning. Helping others. General housekeeping around here. And Sister had said last week, you see a piece of paper? You don't have to wait for somebody to tell you. Just pick it up, throw it in the trash. Or look at it. It may be a receipt for something that somebody looking for. It could be a blessing to somebody. Say, hey, I found this receipt for you because I picked up a piece of paper off the ground. And that's a blessing to somebody else because men, they might be like, oh, my goodness, I had to have that. But we've got to keep things running around here. And it takes everybody, a little bit of everybody, to keep things running. Am I right? These things, the simple things that we call simple, that are very, very important, those things are all very important. I don't care who you are, you can shake somebody's hand. If you have hands, you can shake somebody's hands. That's why the hands are so important. Just stick your hand out there and shake their hand. You don't have to get in a long conversation. You may be shy, you don't you're not talkative, you don't know what to say, but you know, somebody say, Hey, aren't you so and so? And then that'll open the door for you. Sometimes they'll open the door for you by shaking their hand. That's all you gotta do. These things will get you involved with teaching, Bible studies, music ministry, maybe trustee, and many, many other jobs that's around here. It, it's it's not I wouldn't call this levels. It's just progression. As we walk with the Lord, we progress with Him. No matter where you're at, just because you're the pastor don't mean you don't go shake hands with somebody when they come in. And that's to I me mean, the basic job The basic the most basic job there is just shaking somebody's hand. But everybody has to do that. You know, this, there's not a level here of where we need to be. It's just, you got to be. None of these require great talents to do even Bible study, music ministry, things like that. Just a touch of God, a praise in your heart, a desire to work for the Lord, Holy Ghost, baptism in Jesus' name. And everybody, that's a promise unto you. Acts 2.38, we all know about that. Serve him and you will be blessed. This is another part of this. I found out when I was a young man that you cannot out-give God. It's impossible. Giving is a sacrifice. Giving is not dumping off leftovers. Getting rid of an abundance of something, I have extra I need to do something with. And then you want a blessing from God because, yeah, i got a bunch of this stuff I need to just get rid of. Well, that's not much of a sacrifice. He knows your heart, okay? I'm not saying that you cannot share extra blessings because a lot of times I have an abundance of things and it's like, I need to do something with this and I give it away, you know? a, a lot of times, whatever I gave away, like... Tomatoes, for example, I'll turn around and, around, and somebody says, like, here's a box of tomatoes. I had extra in my garden. I was like, I just gave a box of these away. <laughs> you know, but you say, thank you very much. I'll take these. And I know somebody else that wanted some. And you go ahead and redistribute those. Now, that, you, you were just the middle guy there, okay? But that blessing for that other third person you didn't even think about, all of a sudden gets this tomatoes that they needed for something special. Or maybe they give it to somebody else, and it cascades. We never know. Sometimes we do things we don't know the outreach that has. Does that make sense? Sometimes, like Oprah Winfrey, I'll throw her in the bus, that we give to be seen, they want everybody to know, everybody in the audience is going away with a new car today well that's a tax write-off for her is it really sacrificial for her you know we don't know I'm not gonna judge there that's kind of judgmental for Oprah but, but that's great but I, I the point is that sometimes we don't have to do it to be seen that's not about that that's not the point remember he knows your heart so if you do something And saying, ooh, i got a car payment coming up next week. I'm going to give this homeless guy a buck. Maybe somebody will pay my car. (laughs) Well, that's the wrong intent. You know? God knows your heart. He he, he knows (laughs) you can't fool him. You're you're not going to play that game with him. Get that out of your mind. That's the devil making you and manipulating you to get something for something else. That didn't work that way. No, that works that way. (laughs) But we uh, don't always see the gratitude that people can have or what difference that was made. It may not be for someone's needs. It may be, like I said before, the next step down the road. And it may be that you're giving... Because God is softening your heart and working you, working in you for something greater. So when you felt the need that, hey, I'm going to do this for somebody, it's like, what did it do for them? They have everything. They didn't need that. But God laid it on your heart to do that anyway. Follow. The devil ain't going to have you give something some way like that without strings attached. So if God tells you, hey, just do this for this person, That guy's a millionaire. What does he need $10 for? Well, if God lays it on your heart, go do it. Am I right? You don't know why. You have no idea because God may be using him as a mediator for somebody else that needs $10 that he knows. And somehow your your $10 made it to him. You don't know that. God works in mysterious ways. I've heard that my whole life. You never can under, and figure out what God's plan is. We try to, to, to path God and say, God, this is the path I want you to take here. I'm going to pray for this path. And he goes this way. And you're like, why are you doing that? And weeks later, days later, months later, years later, lifetime later, you find out, ah, I was so dumb. God was in control the whole time. In Isaiah thirty-two seventeen, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. So I say sometimes you just get the peace of doing this and, and tranquility that God will put on you and bless you for just following what he lays on your heart. you got to listen to God. That's how he speaks to us. He will do things and is... Crazy as it seems sometimes. Just follow your heart. Pray about it sometimes. If, you, if it's a big decision, pray about it. Get your spouse involved and say, hey, you know, God really laid on my heart to do this. You know, I, I, I've been with my daughter one time and she got up and said, God laid on my heart to give that guy a, a big tip back there for whatever reason. I don't know. And I was like, I was happy for her. And, you know, she, she went over and, like, I don't know how much it was. I, you know, it's not really important. But it was a considerable amount of cash. Went over and this young man was working over there. And that was a Bob Evans. Said, here you go. You know, God just told me. Boom. And give it to him. A little while later, toward the end, when he was getting ready to leave, he came come over and where do you go to church? He, she opened the door and he come back asking questions. And it was her opportunity to witness to him. Where that young man is today, I don't know. But hopefully he made a move in the right direction in his life and who knows where he was going with that. I've worked since I was 15 years old. And when I say worked as far as earning a paycheck from a company or corporation or something like that. I I mowed grass, put up hay. I worked at John's Hamburgers, probably never heard of that. There's only two or three of them. I worked at Burger Queen. You've probably heard of Burger Queen. Not King, but Burger Queen. I worked at Kmart. I was in the Marines. I cut meat, worked for Marsh. worked in a packing house. I worked in HVAC engineering for a number of years. I've had to work nights. I've had to work weekends. I've had to work holidays. I've even worked on Christmas Day. Uh, we had a special project at Carrier one year that I had to go in and there was a plant that burned down in, in uh, France. And the factory that made oil for our compressors for Carrier Corporation. Now we have 80,000 people in the company and at that time. The compressor, in in three months, we were gonna run out of oil to run our compressors in manufacturing. So that would put thousands of people out of job because we wouldn't able to be man- manufacturing any furnace or AC units. So they came to me and a couple other guys and said, hey, we need you to work, it don't matter, just get this done, but we need to certify this oil. And we have three months we're gonna run out of production, and it takes three months to certify this oil. So we ran these uh, life test rooms nonstop, in one in cooling and one in heating, for three months. And that means at three o'clock in the morning, the machines, if it had a problem or a fault, it would text me and I would jump in my clothes and boom, I'd go to work. And I'd have to get up there and reset those machines and get them running again nonstop for that three months. We were successful, got it all done, but what I'm saying is during that time, there was a lot of sacrifice with a job to to keep things running so it wouldn't put carrier out of business for a while because every day would be thousands of dollars and i said that to say that we get wrapped up in our jobs before i <clears throat> get to that i, I want to i jumped ahead because i'm telling you a story that i probably should have waited on yes <laughs> But back to the, to the working on uh, during the holidays and Christmas. I remember when I was in the Marines, I was stationed in uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And it was on Thanksgiving Day. And I had to make sacrifice, drink uh, Mountain Dew and eat Doritos for Thanksgiving. I never missed a Thanksgiving with my family. But there I am. That's all I had because I had duty to do because that's sacrifice we made. So I guess this point that I was making here, we all make sacrifices in our jobs and things that we have to do. Okay, well, back in Genesis in 2-2, I'm going to read this. On the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had made. In Exodus twenty eight to 11 Remember the Sabbath day, and to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor, and do all thy work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and thou shalt not do any work thou shalt, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, or maidservant, nor the cattle, or the stranger that is in thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and sea, and all that is then is and he rested the seventh day wherefore the lord blessed the sabbath and keep and hallowed it so what the word is saying here is we have jobs to do but we need to take time to pray fast and listen to the word of god this is the plan that god set up for us back to the beginning what i was talking about this is the plan that we need to do a day for all that gives fa- thanks thanks without the burden of labor. And it's like, brother, you know, that's, that's hard in today's to just make sure I take a day for the Lord. So we wonder why we have these six days and we have Sunday and church. It's very important that everything that we can and do is to be here and tend the house of God. It's biblical. It's from the beginning. It's from Genesis. This is what we're supposed to do. Now, man, he puts a twist in that for us. Now, we all, and I, and I know, I've been, and I said that, all this other things, that I know circumstances will keep you out of the house of God. God will, or your job will keep you from God. It will do that. You know, you you, you pray and say, God, forgive me, give me a job to where I make sure I can be there on Sunday and be with my fellow brothers and sisters and praise and worship the Lord, and worship You. Please help me with that. And you can pray for that, and God will bless you with that. If you're diligent with Him, and keep doing the things that He wants you to do, that you need to do, He will bless you in that way. You, you can't outgive God. It's like, oh, that's a sacrifice. Oh, you know, I... Eh. Well, you know, it happens. And it's happened to me. <clears throat> and I've said that, and I have worked Sundays in my life. I have worked Christmas day when I should be home with my family and I was at work that stinks so man has brought on the seven day work week that's not something from God that's not in the scripture he never said you need to work 40 hours a week that's somebody come up with that eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. Well, we, you know, man, man did all that. You just got to remember that. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord and forget about what man does. Yeah, we all have to make a living. We all have to make money. We all have to feed our families. I understand that. We have to survive in this world. We can, with God's help, make those changes in our lives okay and going back to the hands that I started with these are the tools at the end of our arms to perform a lot of deeds some are good some are bad okay I want you to take a look at your hands right now because I want to go I got to get something here pastor is probably going to snicker when I do this I'm no Sister Potter okay but he knows and I got to mention Madagascar okay (laughs) but there's a dear sister to the Lord that evangelized she was wonderful but if you ever if you was ever in church with her she'd wave her hanky back and forth like this and she'd talk about Madagascar and she always shared a poem wrote something down it's not really a poem but it kind of is it doesn't rhyme or anything but I I just want to talk about our hands you take a look at these hands because these we can work for the Lord with okay so I wrote some things down and it's touching it's kind of funny at first and then it's kind of touching so I got this because I know I'll cry And what I wrote down and and I, and I felt this really strongly is because we're not perfect. And that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. I'm not perfect, but I'm here for a reason to make a difference in somebody's life. And that's what It's the only thing important to me. It's like, God, use me. Tell me what I can do. Show me what I can do. I'll do the little things. It don't matter. I'll take the trash out. I'll mop floors. It don't matter. I'll pull weeds. You know, it don't matter because I'm doing it for you. And He's blessed me. And He'll continue to bless me. I know that. But... um. I wrote this down. It's called these hands. These hands played with toys. But these hands also pinched my sisters. These hands made peanut brittle. And I talked about that a couple of times for the church. But these hands also stole the candy bar. These hands planted trees and flowers. These hands also broke the neighbors' windows. I wasn't always a good kid. I didn't do that as an adult. <laughs> Probably been in jail. These hands mowed the church lawn. And these hands also egged a car. Now some of us may be guilty of some of these things with your hands. These hands played music for God and these hands played music for the devil. These hands held... A hand of my forever love. But these hands also have been clenched in anger. I'm not happy about what these hands have done sometimes. These hands have held the births of three baby girls. But these hands also pushed away the ones I love. These hands held, uh, lifted an oath to the nation. But these hands also failed helping those in need. These hands have laid on in prayer. And these hands also punched a man in the face. We are in God's hands, and we're in, when we are in his hands, these hands have worked for the Lord, and these hands will continue to work for the Lord. These hands have been lifted in worship to Jesus, and these hands will still be lifted in worship to Jesus. Jesus. These hands will hold up the Word of God. And these hands will never let go. These hands, with palms together, will stay in prayer forever. And that's what we have to do is make a commitment to God but this is what we're going to do and this is where we're going to stay and this is what we're going to do so I just implore everyone here please do what you can for God you don't have to be wondrous acts do the simple things keep your hands in prayer for Him keep your hands lifted to Him to the Almighty God it's very important and this is an encouragement thing because I just wanted to let you know that I've failed in my life many, many, many times. I'm 62 years old. I hope to be 63 some days or 64 as long as the Lord cares. But if I don't make it and go by the way of the grave, I want him to know that he can come back and my grave and I'm going to be there for him and He'll be there for me. Right. I want to make that commitment to me and Him that I continue to hold fast. And I say all this tonight, and I know it's kind of bittersweet, it, it kind of discourages, but I want i, I meant this to be encouraging, that I want you to hang strong no matter where you think you are or that you can't do it. You can do it. You can hang in it. And don't, don't think it has to be the, the, the great big things you have to do. Just be here. Shake somebody's hand. Love God. Be a witness. It's real simple. It really is. God will bless you. He will open doors for you. That's all I have. That's all I can handle. Thank you.